Hello, and welcome to The Stinger, part of the SB Nation of Podcasts, and a podcast from atthehive.com. Fantastic Hornets website. You should go read it. My name is Zachary Brown, and I am a writer at The Hive. I am joined today, as I am a lot, Jack Simone, I think I heard this on the wires, I think it came through on a teletype or something like that, the Celtics lost in the playoffs, is that right? And that's it. It's the end of the line for the Boston Celtics as the Brooklyn Nets will advance to round two, a 123-109 victory. Ah, yes, yes they did. (laughs) Unfortunate. Hey, they got a game. They got a game from Brooklyn. That's all I will say on the matter. I I was skeptical if they'd even do that. So that, that made me smile a little bit. I can't believe that the 2025 MVP, Jason Tatum, you should already like make up the trophy for him and all that stuff, lost in the first round. You just you just hate to see it. And let me tell you what else you hate. The the Boston Celtics green is kind of like the kryptonite for Kemba Walker. Um, I don't know what you guys are doing over there in Boston, but you should probably find him a better location to be is all i'm saying oh man i know i I know i had to get on him i had to get on him a little Uh, bit of course Um, of course yeah so it's the hornets off season we got the playoffs happening right now jokic is really playing some interesting basketball chris paul i don't know if you've seen any of these suns games oh yeah chris paul is still so amazing to watch. We get so excited about the potential of young players and we kind of forget like, Hey, there's a lot of old heads out here who are, who know how to play in the NBA, know how to play the refs. He does this butt thing. You know, he's been doing it for years where he's dribbling (laughs) up the court and the defensive player gets on his back. He's just one of the smartest basketball players in the NBA. It's just great to watch. Sadly, however, there is no Hornets to watch. So Jack and I were talking about subjects that we could go through in the off season. And I think one of the things we definitely need to evaluate for this coming year is the roster. And we want to do, do player profiles. Are we going to get through the entire Hornets roster? Is there going to be a, a Riller pro player profile on the stinger? I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you how many we're going to do is however many there is on this podcast feed. That's that's the exact number that we meant to do, Great um, just so you know in the future, right, Jack? <laughs> of course, of course, exactly that. Yeah. So we got to the the idea of what who should we start with, and we did our on at the hive dot com. You should go and read our postseason awards, and the player who got MVP unanimously for the Hornets was Terry Rozier. And what better person to talk about Terry Rozier's career than someone who also follows the Celtics? Terry Rozier had a career season, Jack. We can get to some of the stats. I think it's important to start there. But talk to me about the experience of watching a bunch of Hornets games in which Terry Rozier was the anchor, was the the linchpin of the offense for most of the season. I mean, he was just he was just awesome. I mean, yeah, it's like you said, a career for Terry Rozier, uh, 20 points, four and four, just to give a brief rundown of the stats and past that super efficient. Like every time you touched the ball, you thought it was going in. And I think the the not so much stat, but the fact that really stood out <clears throat> most about Terry Rozier is that in the fourth quarter, 
Hornets need a bucket. The ball is in his hands, and that's it, the dude. it's going in. It's going yeah. in, and he, it's. I'll bring it back just to the one against the Warriors that everyone knows now. As soon as he caught the ball, the Hornets won the game. You knew it. You saw him catch it, and it was just like, well, Hornets win. That's a bucket, and I, that's what you get from Terry Rozier. Whether or not you know he's coming off the bench, say Lamelo gets some starting roles, Hornets upgrade, blah 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 in the future. Fine, he'll give you buckets there. Starting lineup, he'll give you buckets there. He's just a bona fide bucket. And like I said in my reasoning for MVP for him this season, the best ability is availability. And Terry Rozier was available almost all season. So mm-hmm. there you go. That that that's all it takes. MVP for the Hornets this season by far, clear cut. Do you know how many games Terry Rozier played? Not off the top of my head. Sixty-nine. <laughs> Not nice. that that number means anything at all. <laughs> no, no, just, um, just funny. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I in my in the job that that pays the mortgage or whatever. Um, I work at a credit union, and we look for we hire management. We look for leaders, and one of the things that we base it on is the ability to make decisions to, to critically think during a crisis, and. Whenever Terry Rozier got the ball in crunch time, got the ball in a moment where the Hornets needed him, he was able to make a decision about the ball. He like certainly he took shots that didn't go in. Certainly he made wild passes, but I was always confident that when Terry got the ball in those times, he was able to make critically think during that chaotic time and make some sort of informed decision about what where the ball should go and what he should do. Um, we always talk about making a knowing what you're going to do before you get past the ball. Every time Terry got the ball, he wouldn't make he wouldn't take a dribble without knowing what he was going to do, whether it was cutting to the basket, whether it was creating space during those three pointers. You know, Terry's not the not the tallest dude on the court. So he has to kind of like Kemba Walker create space for himself. He he got so perfect this year with that kind of James Harden step back, but step back to the side, that kind of diagonal um, jump shot that you need as a, as a mm-hmm. shorter guard. Um, and he kept making those shots. 39% from the three-point line. He was 55% as an efficient field goal, goal percentage. He was everything that the Hornets needed in a offensive leader. And there was a time when we didn't know if he was going to be that this year. With the introduction of LaMelo Ball, with the introduction of Gordon Hayward, you know, maybe there would be other leaders of this team. Maybe there would be other focal points of the offense. And Terry Rozier did all that this year. There were times when they did the sign and trade with Boston that I was like, man, Lord, we, we got the short end of the stick again. You know, even going back to the Kobe Bryant of Lade Divac trade, like what <laughs> just the Hornets keep doing this. They keep doing this. And I was totally wrong about Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier has been everything and more that I thought he would be. Did you see this in Boston when you saw him playing for those four years in Boston? Yeah, I think it was really that that playoff run in 2017 when Irving and Hayward were hurt. Uh, you saw, you know, the step back win, game winner, game tying, whatever against the Bucks. 
you saw all these moments, the the Bledsoe memes. I don't know if you kept up with that, but uh, this whole fanatics of him calling Eric Bledsoe. He wore Bledsoe. a Patriots jersey. Uh, <laughs> so he called Eric Bledsoe, who was on the Bucks at the time. He called him Drew Bledsoe. Drew as an Bledsoe. Insult. That's and right, then yeah. <laughs> Drew Bledsoe, the former Patriots quarterback wore a Terry Rozier jersey to a game. And so it became a whole thing. Eric Bledsoe was mad. The Bucks lost in in the series. So it, it really was great. But the, the real, you know, key factor in Terry Rozier's emergence is you could have seen this coming because the guy thought he deserved to start over Kyrie Irving, which uh, you love him or hate him. Kyrie Irving's an amazing basketball player. And Terry Rozier has no business starting over Kyrie Irving. But if he has the confidence after one playoff run, to say this is this is crap. I need to start over Kyrie Irving. You know he's got the confidence to take all the shots he needs to on this team. So it, in hindsight, you should have seen it coming, but you saw the flashes of it in that playoff run. And, and I'm I'm hyped that he's able to perform at this level now. And a, another hindsight decision: Hornets probably got the better end of that Kemba Walker swap in reality. You you know it's it's he Kemba was hurt this year. You haven't oh. seen the best of Kemba in Boston, and you yeah. want to see a guy perform great. Give Kemba some you know some obstacle in front of him. He he can bounce back with the best of them. I don't know if we got the better player. In fact, I think that Kemba Walker is probably a better player. But I'm so yeah. excited to have Terry Rozier on this team. So there are. Uh, I hear your argument that that hey, he believed he should have started over Kyrie Irving, and that that makes him the dude. There's a lot of players on this team who believe they should be starters, or in this league that believe that they should be starters. You know, Marcus Smart seems to be that kind of person yeah. to to yeah. keep into the Celtics vein. But they're not M- Malik Monk, who I uh, you know we're gonna <laughs> hopefully get to him in the play. Uh, player profiles he believes he should start every game and i think there was a little bit of tension in the team especially in the beginning of the year when he didn't play i think because he believed he should start it's a one thing to believe it and have that confidence and we've seen players in this league have that confidence it's another thing to put up the numbers and be the man in crunch time when it matters most and Terry was that dude for the Hornets this year. He, he couldn't lead us to the playoffs again. You know, I, that, that's a black mark on every player this year. But I was so impressed by what we got from Terry Rozier. I want to talk to you a little bit about the future. Because I don't know if you read our, our comments on the website. I'm sure you read every <laughs> single one and cherish of every course. single opinion that's on there. Always, There's a lot always. of dudes who think we should... <laughs> should trade to, sorry a lot of dudes and dudettes and other uh dude yeah people general people who believe we should trade terry rogier that here's our a very nice trade asset you know 20-ish million is is at what was once a few years ago a really big number is now starting to be kind of a regular number in, just to completely go off subject do you know how much john wall is making next year jack uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you don't because you have. No, I think it's forty-four million dollars. Forty-four <laughs> million dollars. Let yeah. like get your money, boy. Alert, sir. Wow. Get your money, please. Crazy. Yes, and I could certainly understand why you would think that. Like, hey, man, that's a that's a juicy trade bait. You know, who knows what draft pick we could get? How do you feel about him as a trade asset? So. I can't remember if I actually wrote this or I was thinking about writing it or something, 
but I wrote somewhere I had like the, I have idea. the I same think, problem. Same problem. I think I got these yeah. ideas to write something. <laughs> yeah. Terry Rogier, bold prediction. I think he could be an all-star next season, realistically, if he continues on his progression. I know there's a lot of guys in front of him, but the mentality he has and the way he's been playing, I don't think it's that far out of the realm of possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying if there was a guy in the Hornets to be an all-star next year, I would probably predict it's probably going to be one of Rogier, Ball, or Hayward. And I think that's obvious. Anybody can make that claim. But I think with the way he's been progressing, his efficiency, and if the Hornets can, you know, be a playoff team next year i think rogier is going to be that guy with that being said i think there are some juicy trade options around the league one that stands out to me which i was writing about from a celtics perspective if the warriors are trying to compete next year right okay maybe they need a bench piece terry rogier maybe they need someone else pj washington whoever you want to throw in you get james wiseman to pair with Lamelo ball he's not nba ready necessarily but if you have wiseman and ball for the future I'm just saying, if the Warriors want to capitalize on the rest of Thompson and Curry and Draymond Green's career, they get win-now pieces, and Wiseman's not that. So they might be open to a deal. Wow! That would be a blockbuster trade if they did something <laughs> like that. I yeah. Look, Wiseman, I mean, there was a point in the season where he was doing like 15 points, you know, eight rebounds yeah. a game. Yeah. Certainly he's raw, but... They were looking for an uh, centerpiece in that team, and I don't, you know, I don't. Certainly possible, I suppose, but I don't think there that would happen at all. Although it would be super interesting to have the two and three draft picks from yeah. that draft. You know, what I mean, that would be really fun <laughs> content to put on the old website. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you believe you like the idea of Terry being a kind of a trade asset out there you know shopping him around that kind of stuff it depends on the piece it depends on what you're getting in return because i do think he's a very very valuable asset and if you get a can't say no offer like obviously james wiseman i think you pull the trigger i don't think he's untouchable Uh, at the same time though i'd probably rather trade Devontae graham but he might not be as valuable we always are looking for the next thing around the corner. We're always looking for a way <laughs> course, to evolve. Well, yeah, you're right. Of course. Like, I guess we should be thinking about that as fans. This dude's 27 years old. He is, he's at the peak of his powers right now. I don't understand trading this guy away. I really don't. In the scale of star players who you just said has a, an opportunity to be an all-star next year, although... When you look at the Eastern Conference guards, it would be really hard for him to be an all-star. However, why would you trade this guy? This guy was the main piece of your team this season. He's 27 turning 28, so it's not like he's he's 31 turning 32. He's still got productive years, and he just came off his best year, and he's on a relatively cheap contract at $21 million a year. I just don't understand that like like you're looking for Wiseman to what in three, four years become, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> LaMelo Ball, who, you know, our, our uh, co-worker and friend uh, Chase Whitney thinks he's like the next John Stockton or maybe even <laughs> better than that. Like no joke. Like he thinks that he's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. And I hey, pray, great, man. Yeah, I pray <laughs> that he is correct. I really do. But mm-hmm. that's potential. You know, Terry Rozier yeah. is putting up numbers today. LaMelo Ball may be the future of this team, but Terry Rozier is certainly mm-hmm. the present. And I don't know why you trade that away. I really don't. 
Yeah, I, I mean, that's definitely a fair argument. Like I said, I think he has the potential to be an all-star. And before I continue quickly, I was just researching our our, our friend James Plowright, who also writes throughout the Hive, actually brought up a, a James Wiseman trade, uh, not involving Rozier, but regardless, I wanted to give him some credit. I, I had the idea off the top of my head, but I, I was curious where I thought of it. I don't know if it was necessarily from there, but uh, sure. shout out James Plowright, definitely writing some good stuff about potential centers, because that obviously uh, leads into my next point. That obviously is the, you know, kind of area of concern when it comes to the Hornets. Biz and Zeller are, are fine, but I mean, realistically, you got to look past that into the future because those are very short-term, you know, shore up the position options there. They're and, gone. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, and, they're not here next year. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So with the crowded backcourt, right, LaMelo Ball obviously deserves a starting spot here on out. As long as he's in a Hornets uniform, he should be starting, right, at the very least. Give sure. him that room to grow. I when think he was he's starting in his basketball. rookie year, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So you got Rogier, you got Devontae Graham. I do think Rogier fits better next to Ball, obviously. I also think you could probably draft some shooting guards in this upcoming draft. I mean, I haven't dug too much into the shooting guard, you know, uh, position in my draft research i've looked more at centers and wings but if you were to sign one in free agency or trade for one terrorizer definitely has more value than Devonte graham the issue becomes how much would grant graham want on the open market when he's a free agent all these you know extracurricular numbers here right like i said i'd rather trade graham to help improve the other you know holes in the roster and everything but if teams are looking at the hornets they say okay give us rochier instead because I think he's very clearly the more valuable asset because, like you said, he is putting up these numbers already. Meanwhile, Graham took a step back, you could argue, this season. So I think that's the only argument there because, realistically, he's one of the best assets the Hornets have that they're willing to trade. You know, Jonathan DeLong is my, like, uh, social media guru. Uh, I'm not <laughs> I'm not on Twitter or anything like that, but yeah. he he sends me things. He, he, I love it. He ups, updates me on the Hornet <laughs> stuff. And Terry Rozier in the beginning of the year, I don't know if it was Twitter or Instagram or whatever it was, put up a picture of him with a like uh, suitcase, and it said, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what he was referring to, but it said something like on the way out or something like that. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And twi- Hornets uh, comments on at the hive were a buzz to to make the biggest pun in the world about, you know, <laughs> LaMelo Ball coming in here, crowded uh, guard backfield. You know, mm-hmm. um, maybe there was some, some reason that Hayward coming in, Terry doesn't want to be on the same team with Hayward, that there was no like past history that I know of. Um, with that. And I was worried that he would come into the season with uh, not the right attitude, man. Again, totally wrong about that. He was a leader. And at, at some points when LaMelo ball was, especially early on in the season, when LaMelo ball was really concerned with the stats, I remember this when the first time he almost got a triple double as a rookie, um, he really wanted the ball, really wanted the ball. And Terry Rozier is like c- trying to calm him down. Like, Hey man, we'll get you the ball in the flow of the offense. The, the idea that the guy didn't get frustrated that, Hey, you know, the Hornets are trying to add, players here and maybe i won't be the main focus uh that just speaks volumes in in my mind you know above and beyond the stats and maybe we haven't been uh stat heavy enough i mean the dude is a 17 per one of the i think it's like top 20 in the league um especially with the the, with the minutes he was playing but terry was here just showed up this year and and 
so there were times we we pointed out with, with the the clutch numbers and and when he took the ball in his hands he was able to make decisions but another thing is that he played in the offense players like this can sometimes be ball hogs and you know hold the ball for 17 minutes James uh, uh Harden and you know dribble around Trey Young when we needed him to to play in Borrego's offense he gelled in the offense i think you have a there's a lot of Hayward influence in that as well um so i just wanted to shout that out as well like last thing i'll say about this is that i think the hornets you know we have bobblehead nights that kind of stuff. I think next season we should have fake owl tattoo nights where we all get a fake owl tattoo on our neck, just like our boy, scary Terry. <laughs> you like that idea? I mean, talk about promotion. Talk there about promotion. <laughs> I'm just kidding. These are free ideas for free. Free. You know what I mean? Hornets, jump on it. Jump on it. Get, get the, uh, those little tattoos you got when you were a kid out of the little vending machine things. You stick it on, warm washcloth, owl tattoo night at the Spectrum <laughs> That'd be amazing. Just, I'm looking forward to see what Terry can do next season. Um, if he's not traded, I don't expect him to be traded. I feel like he'll be on the team. I think he's too good of a, a locker room guy at the very least, which is weird considering how things fizzled out in Boston. Not saying that was his fault, but um, he's kind of embraced the the veteran leader, you know, get the ball when he needs to roll. Like you said, controls the offense, settles, settles everybody down. Um, and I, I think that will continue next season. Uh, I think he'll be an all-star. I mean, if he's on the, if he's on the Hornets, my bold prediction, Terry is your all-star 2022. So there you have it. I love it. And it matters how you treat guys like this. It matters how you treat your leaders as an organization. I think that the league. Cough, cough, Isaiah that. Thomas. Cough, cough, Danny Ainge. Cough, cough, Kemba <laughs> Walker, for sure. Yeah, yeah for Bingo, sure. there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He is Jack Simone. I am Zachary Brown. And this has been The Stinger. Peace out.